We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. All right, this is Cheryl Broderson in the studio with the always ready, wonderful Jasmine, Jasmine. Allnut. Oh, there. wait, I was over ready. Sorry. You no. were, you started, yes. I loved it because you were like so humble, like, what? It must be. She must not be talking about me. No. She must be talking about our guest. Well, I'm really excited about our yes. guest too. My uh, Our guest <laughs> has become a very good friend of mine, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. But she's a writer and mm. an author. But she's got her own story. You know, she writes mm. stories about others, but her own story is just as exciting. So but that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do. Story. We're going to do her All story. Right. So <laughs> in studio with us is Robin Gunn. Yay! Hello, <laughs> hello, hello! After listening to both of you for so many months, it's really fun to put a face to yes, Jasmine's yes. voice and to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm so Thank excited. You for coming. So <laughs> recently when we had our retreat, we were in the car and on the way home and she's just telling us these stories. Robin, you were telling us these stories um, about your own life and the adventures you've had. Mm. And one of the things that I noticed when you were talking, Robin, is how many of your adventures came out of seemingly disappointing times. Mm. At, Oh, that's interesting. I was thinking, you know, you don't especially notice it yourself, right? Okay, where's the tissue? Oh, good, yes. we're ready. <laughs> As, especially when we get to it when you went to Europe, which is really mm. exciting. But I want to start with where were you born? Mm. Right in Orange County, California. In hey. well, I was actually I was born in Wisconsin, but we moved to Santa Ana, California, mm. when I was five because my dad became the very first teacher in the Irvine School District. What? Oh, really? He had a one-room classroom with, like, kindergarten to sixth grade of all the ranch workers. That's crazy. I know. And he was in the Irvine School District about 43 years. So wow. Robin and I are both old enough to remember when Irvine was orange groves. Oh. And you just wanted to drive through Irvine because the smell mm. of orange yeah. blossoms nice. uh, would just—it was heavenly. Actually, so kind of sad if you think about it now. And like, I know, no it offense, was wide open. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Not they, anymore. Yeah, they do have a lot of parks, which is great. So you were born in Wisconsin, moved to Santa Ana. And uh, any, you know, tell us a little bit about your growing up years and when you gave your life to Jesus. Um, my parents were really good churchgoers, and we got involved in the church right away in Santa Ana. I have an older sister and a younger brother. And when I was 12, I went to summer camp at Taquitz Pines, oh, yes. which is a familiar place around here. And the speaker on the last night said, God does not have any grandchildren. Either you are a child <laughs> of God or you're not. And I realized I, I'm not. <laughs> Just because my parents are church-going and Christian, mm. but I don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. And so I went forward and gave my life to the Lord and surrendered everything. I wanted to serve him in full-time ministry. I was a real life change at 12 years old and, and never looked back. There was never—I just wanted to keep falling more and more in love with Jesus all the awesome. way through. So Santa Ana High School was where I went and graduated, and I started a Christian club there. Wow. When I was in high school, Cheryl and I have talked about this, I started going to little country church on the edge of town with my friends. So we went to Calvary way oh. back when it was mm -hmm. on before Greenville the and Sunflower, right. And, yep. Right. Awesome. And um, that was sort of the thing that my friends and I did, and we'd go to the beach, and it was just a great 
growing up. Went mm. to a really good church that had a great youth group and outreach ministry. Went to Mexico on missions trips. And I went to Biola University. Oh, yeah. And really had, during those years, the ups and the downs, when I was 14, I became very ill and I missed a whole semester of school and I had to have a tutor and stay at home. So by the time I kind of got back into the social swing of things as a teenager, I felt even more awkward and out of it. And I just became kind of boy crazy. Let's just be honest. That was <laughs> I just wanted to be noticed and have attention. Is that middle child syndrome? I don't know. But there just were girls. I think it I is know. girls. I think it's just girl syndrome. Good. Been there, done that. Yes. <laughs> so by the time I was at Biola, I had already been through a couple of, you know, crushes and ups and downs and one really painful, toxic relationship in high school. And then in college, my second year, I was so sure the guy I had been dating that I, he was he was the one. I loved mm. him. We were going to get married. He was graduating. I had the ring on my finger and the dress in the closet and the invitations on order at the printer. And he looked at me one day and said, I can't marry you. I, I don't love you. I don't want to be around you. Whoa. And I was so confused about... How do I know how God is leading mm. or what is mixed up in my romantic imagination or my role models for relationships that are? So mm. that relationship ended and a really sweet girlfriend came over and said, we need a new dream. You need to dream again. And what do you want to do? Mm. And I said, well, I always wanted to go to Europe. Mm. She said, I always wanted to go to Europe too. Let's, let's do that this summer. So we did. I sold my little Volkswagen bug and <laughs> took off for four months. We backpacked wow. with some other girlfriends. I went to a um, Cape and Ray Bible School in oh, Austria, yeah. Tarnhof. Oh, yeah. Yep, for their Outward Bound program during the month of August and went rock climbing and rappelling. And um, I loved it. That was great. And one of my roommates had worked with um, a mission in Germany Light in the East, and she had, before school, transported Bibles behind what was then the Iron Curtain. Oh, yeah. She'd gone into Romania, I think. And so I said, well, you know, before I came to Europe, I had a job for almost almost a year. It was the best job. I answered mail for people in Christian ministry, and two of those people were Corey Ten Boone and Brother Andrew. Mm. And I got to meet them wow. and just was so motivated by how much they radiated the love of Christ and mm -hmm. how they wanted to reach the world. So when my roommate said, hey, we could smuggle Bibles behind the Iron Curtain, I said, yes, sign me up. <laughs> this is it. And we had an adventure, like Cheryl was alluding to. She's nodding her head. <laughs> I can't wait. I love this. I mean, when you were telling, we were in the car coming down the mountain, mm. and uh, Margaret and I didn't want to breathe because it, it's it's an incredible story. Wow. I mean, you think about she's going to tell a story and mm. she actually lived mm -hmm. lived this it. This isn't somebody so, else's story. Okay. Yes, go for it. Keep going, keep going. I love this. Well, and what's so interesting is that for years I never told the stories because I was always concerned that it would, might endanger some of the people that I met with, the underground oh, pastors yeah, yeah, or yeah. the believers that right. were meeting in secret. What, what, what year was this? Was this was in the mid-70s. Oh, okay. It's very, yeah. Very curious. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> Dangerous, how yeah. the 
when we did the training, we knew that if we were arrested, it would mean prison in the country we were going into. Mm. But we were, you know, we're in our early 20s. We have long hair and we're like (laughs) wearing our embroidered shirts and blue jeans. And we're like, we'll be fine. Don't worry about us. And but we also knew that it was more dangerous for those we were going to see than for us, whether it was our American visas or what. But they paired us with two German girls and then Kathy and I were the two American girls. And the reason they were eager to send us was because it was the first time the mission had ever sent all girls. Wow. Because the men kept going and going, and their visas were all stacked up with stamps. So then they're turned around at the border of, no, 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 you're not doing business Suspicious, here, mm-hmm. yeah. So we were on holiday. We had a camper. It was loaded with 5,000 Bibles hidden in under a the camper floor. Yeah, a wow. A so funky so little camper. You are, like, so you're in a car, and you've got a hitch with a camper behind you. Well, no, a that would be a trailer. The camper had the, you know, you. Oh, was it's it all like one a unit? Oh, like yeah, the like a truck overhead. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But still, isn't that what van. they used to call yes, them? I mean, van? they don't even have them anymore. Yeah. But, <laughs> that is crazy. I know, but there was a bed over yeah, the. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah yes. That thing. And then the yes. table at the back also made mm-hmm, it into a bed. Mm-hmm. And there was a little closet and sink. And so when we got to the border, we went in through. Um, we. we I think I can say where I went. Yes. See, I'm still kind of, I want to protect my friends. But um, it was, at that time, it was Czechoslovakia. Mm. So when we went in through the border, there were two guards that came out to greet us. And we we were just, you know, chewing our gum and we had our music on. And this big guard came out looking very serious with his German Shepherd dog and his rifle over his shoulder. And then there was another guard, tall, skinny guy with big ears. And he was smiling ear to ear. I mean, they'd never seen girls come through like that. (laughs) And so um, we gave them our passports and said, yes, we're just on holiday. And all three of the other girls spoke German. I did not. A little bit of German. But um, the the big guard came into the camper, into the vehicle, and he (coughs) wanted to... Just see how everything worked. The water turns on and off. Oh, my gosh. Looked under the mattresses and everything. And he was so serious. And then he turned around in German and said, okay, where are they? We know you were hiding them in here. Tell us where they are, and it'll go easy for you. And the skinny guard with the big ears is smiling. And I said nothing. My German-speaking girlfriends, who understood his German just played it off. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we're just girls on holiday. And the guard said, we know you were hiding boys in here. No girls would oh, go anywhere on their my own. Gosh. Show us where they are. And we said, no, 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 no boys. We're just, you know, having a good time. Oh, my gosh. Thank God they didn't say <laughs> yes. something. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And then, it's like a movie. <laughs> I know. And the, the skinny guard said, well, I'll come with you. I'll be oh. your guard. We're like, you know, that's okay. And then right after that, they asked, do you have any blue jeans that you're going to sell? Are you, do you have any uh, music, you know, rock and roll? And do you have any Bibles? And so we had some ca- John Denver cassette tapes that we were playing. Oh, my gosh. And we had the blue jeans that we were wearing, maybe an extra pair. But my friend Kathy was very smart. She just pulled from her Bible her little Gideon New Testament she got when she graduated. She said, oh, I have this. And they were laughing. And I thought, I see what they think. 
it's it's a sword. It's it's the mm-hmm. word of God, but they think it's a butter knife. Like they don't get yes. this yeah. in yes. English, but oh yeah, and there's five thousand more in the yes. <laughs> yes, yes. But yes, we just we just have this or you we know, so this, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, like, oh, we yeah, learned yeah. you don't lie. You just tell the truth and and trust God. And you or, don't volunteer extra. Right. Yeah, that's tell, it. yes, exactly. Don't tell more than you need to. That's it. <laughs> So they led us through and waved us off and blew kisses, and off we went. So we were in Prague first, and we had to send a telegram home to the mission to let them know that we got through okay. So we had different codes of, you know, happy birthday, Uncle Irwin. If yeah. it was, we're in danger, come get us right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we sent our message, and um, it just had extraordinary time in Prague at that time because it's mm. such— it was such an untouched city, still is, because mm-hmm. having not been bombed or yeah, it's beautiful, but with no tourists, completely different feel and very quiet and somber. So uh, we stayed there a couple of days because we were being followed since the border with a guy with a dark hat and a dark coat with the collar up and this little Soviet kind of rounded car. We're like, we know you're there. Yeah, it's <laughs> pretty like, obvious. Just like the movies. Yeah, I it know. totally is. What the heck? Yeah. Like a little. And it really was so obvious everywhere we went, even in Prague, this big camping, you know, like, what is that? Mm-hmm. For many people, they'd never seen anything like that. But then also, who who's in there and what are they doing? A bunch of 20-year-old girls? Mm-hmm. Like, What? So we got a lot of attention everywhere we went. If we parked anywhere, people would just crowd around and they'd try to see in the windows or try to open the hood or try to open the door on the sides. We always pull the curtains. So when we felt like, okay, this guy got tired of following us, then we went to the city where we were, the town where we were supposed to meet with a pastor of an underground church. And that location was... Um, known by one of the girls, like we each knew a little bit of information. We didn't all know everything. Hmm. And we knew that we were supposed to meet him at a certain corner, 10 o'clock at night. And we made all the arrangements, found the street corner, got dark, 10 o'clock. We drove around and opened the front door of the camper. And this man stepped out from behind this big tree and scooted into the floor and stayed there with the sort of what would you call this when you have your hands clapped like a like I'm the I won I'm the oh, vi- like victory like, oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, yay we yeah. did it we did it <laughs> yes and we found out later that he had been going there every night day after day month week after week wow. month after month waiting for you he never knew when anyone oh, was going to come wow. and he looks around and he goes all girls <laughs> 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 yep and they wanted to get the job done right so they sent all the girls and we like were just that. so flippant about it and he directed us out to um this beautiful apple orchard out in the country and there was a little car waiting and it was just the same as the car that had followed us we oh, thought wow. oh no is everything okay yes yes these are men from the church it's okay and earlier that day before we met with him at 10 o'clock at night we had found a remote um cemetery mm. and the, the, it was there was i don't think there was anybody there but we parked at the back of the cemetery and we got out our tools 
and put on our John Denver. All my bags are packed <laughs> music, and we started packing bags. We packed garbage bags full of Bibles, bags and bags, big black garbage bags, and we hid them in the vehicle as best we could so that as we drove through town and then out at 10 o'clock to go meet this pastor, we had everything ready to deliver. So here we are in the orange, uh, the apple. Mm. I'm thinking of our childhood growing up right, here right, in the right. orange grove. Right. In an um, apple orchard. And the men came and we just started like fireman's brigade, handing mm-hmm. out the bags of, of Bibles. And they kept weeping. Mm. So many Bibles. They'd waited so long. The mm. other couriers had been stopped. They they had no idea. And many of the Bibles we knew were not just in Czech, but we had a lot of Russian Bibles and there were mm. books by C.S. Lewis and oh, wow. other training materials. And they were going to go on mm. into other parts beyond. So mm. um, just the most memorable mm. thing was when we finished, like, okay, there, you have everything. And they said, thank you in German, and then the men just fell on us. It reminds me of an axe when they just, you could feel their tears going down. Back and they just fell on us and wept and like, bye, see you in heaven. Wow. That fellowship. Yeah. And I, I truly had that feeling like, yeah, this is, I would do this again and again and again and again mm-hmm. because this really matters. Mm-hmm. And I want to get God's word out mm-hmm. to those who don't have it and who are this unreached people group. So we decided to stay in the apple or yeah, the apple orchard that night because it was so late and we knew that we couldn't um wherever we went, they would stamp our visa. So if we just stay in the orchard, no one's gonna stamp our visa and then we can exit the country as easily and quickly as possible. Mm. So Kathy and I went to make up our bed, took down the table. The guys were gone, right? They took off. They, they were gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. They probably had it to was, get out of it there. It was like yeah. five, seven minutes. It yeah. Just, it was fast. Yeah. Wow. And and as we opened the table, we looked, and there's a whole big garbage bag full of Bibles we forgot to give them. Oh, no. <laughs> like, no, we can't go back to the mission and say, oh, oops. <laughs> so we prayed about it. We decided, okay, tomorrow— one of the girls knew the address of the pastor, mm. and we said, if we feel it's safe, let's let's become walking couriers. So we'll just put the Bibles in our jackets, and then it was September, so it was cold, and we had boots. Okay, and, yeah, all right. Yeah, just <laughs> mules, right? Just pack them on. And so we each were dropped off the next morning in the town with the address memorized to go to this pastor's house, and I got lost. And oh, no. it, I— the street signs aren't up on the ends of the corner. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe painted on an old building and the paint is fading. And Oh, so I was the last one to arrive. And when the pastor's wife opened the door just a little bit and looked at me, she just gave me this look like, don't say anything, just mm, mm. And I mean, I was so ready to shake out the Bibles. I made it. I'm here. But she welcomed me in and my friends all said in German, Oh, we're so glad you're here. And what happened? I had enough German to say I, I got turned around or something. And in the corner was, we found out later, a KGB agent oh who gosh. had been grilling them in German. and Or perhaps it was a neighbor who had been spying, but it was definitely 
a dangerous situation, but they all spoke German. I did not. So my guardian angel had me go around the block a couple times. So And oh. all my friends were sitting there without crossing their legs, without moving their shoulders, just mm, their coats. Like, no, we're cold. Thank you. We'll just keep our coats on. And this person sitting in the corner asked me one question. I understood it in German. I answered in two words. Don't even remember exactly what it was. And they got up and they left. And the pastor and his wife were just weeping. Oh we said, have gosh. we put you in terrible danger? Have we ruined everything? And they said, no, they they know that he had already been in prison two times. Oh, wow. And, I mean, you hear stories like this all the time. I, yeah. But to meet them, to be in their living room yeah, and yeah. go, did I just jeopardize your life? Mm. You know, I think, though, yeah. I want to just pause here for a second because we don't realize how incredible it is to have the Bible. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, when you realize the Bible's contraband. Yeah. You know, they don't ask about drugs. You know, do you have cassettes? Yeah, totally. Do you have <laughs> Bibles? Do you have you blue, know, jeans. Jeans. blue jeans? Blue yeah. jeans. Yeah. You know, and roll. you're thinking that's the contraband. Mm-hmm. That the, the Bible was illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people today that— Still you know, today, yeah, right, in other countries, yeah. That can't have the Bible. And here we have these, these Bibles, mm-hmm. and you're just— wanting people to appreciate yeah. so much the ability to have the Bible, to speak freely yeah. about the Bible. So I'm sorry Multiple to interrupt, but I just had to say, oh, no. yay Bible, real quick. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> I agree. And definitely as a young woman, that radically affected my view of God's Word. I mm. cannot just put my Bible, I can't put anything on top of it. Mm-hmm. I cannot put, you know, I would never put it on the ground um, it breaks my heart when I any church I go to when I walk past the lost and found table and mm. people went home without their copy of God's mm-hmm. Word because they have six other copies at home. Yeah, to, I know. It's miss true. It. Mm-hmm. You know, when it, I realized how precious and what a time we're living in when it's so available mm-hmm. in audio and everything. So mm-hmm. we um, were fed by the pastor and his wife extraordinarily. Mm-hmm. And even that made us feel terrible. Like they're taking all their best and giving it to us. And they would not sit with us. They just hospitality like waited us. on you. <laughs> yes. They just treated us so kindly, so much love. And then when we'd finished eating, the wife went over to the f- where she kept her flour in a container on the counter and reached in and pulled out a little plastic bag, and there were little pieces of paper in the bag, and she pulled out one for each of us, and it all of them were Bible verses, just mm. the the address of the— Hidden in the flower. In the flower. Love it. Man. <laughs> I know. And then—and um, mine was Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Mm. Very fitting. I, the Lord your God, am with you wherever you go. And I happen to, to know that and recognize the— that it was Joshua. Mm-hmm. And so um, we kept those as our blessing from them. But then she went over to another, maybe it was a sugar. <laughs> she pulled out another bag and they looked at each other and nodded and came back to us very serious and said, These, each of you will be given an address of a believer, maybe in Russia, maybe in Ukraine, maybe that they are willing to receive a shipment of Bibles. Wow. Oh, cool. And this Damn. is their wow. address. Wow. wow. You must not lose these 
pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. Oh. If if you are caught on your way out the border, and they point it to their mouth, eat, eat it. them. Oh Just my gosh! Chew it up. <laughs> and, and the pastor joked, and he said, "Should we send some salt with you? Because they do <laughs> taste better with salt. I've eaten a few of those in my day, oh and they my do gosh. taste better." With salt. <laughs> you know? Wow! And so he he pointed, you know, like in our down our shirt, like keep them in a safe place near your heart. We go, mm-hmm. okay, okay. So we did. And it took us a day or two to get back through the same border we went out because mm-hmm. they want to see how much money have you spent in our fine country because when you came in, we made you uh, exchange as mm-hmm. much as we thought you might spend in our country. But we, we couldn't spend all the money they had made us, mm. you know. Exchange for. Exchange and, yeah. in their Krona was the mm-hmm. currency then. So we had given everything to the pastor and his wife of our leftover money, kept enough for gas. And when we came out the border, we just looked at each other. We knew that if we came within two kilometers of the border, we should not be talking about, boy, I hope they don't catch us with the— Yeah, yeah. You have to be quiet there. The yeah. radar, whatever. Like a you know, parabolic the, mic or something. Yes, yeah. yes. Even then, in the 70s, mm-hmm. that they could pick up. Mm-hmm. So we just were like, okay, keep the— um, Keep the conversation light. The or conversation kinda... light, but also keep keep the music going and just oh, like smart. let them know you're coming and you're just some crazy girls on a holiday. So when we got to the border, the um, fear of what are they going to do when they see our visas and we don't have the money was uh, not a problem because we could not find one of the visas. So they didn't look at the other three. Oh they gosh. simply... <laughs> Took us all out of the camper. These were different guards. They didn't think we were cute and sweet and funny. They didn't want any <laughs> chocolate. It was just not working. Mm. And we had to put our hands on the hood of the car. And one by one, they took us in for interrogation in different rooms. I was the last one again. And I was there alone in this September chilly evening. It's getting dark. Mm, there's gosh. barbed wire. There's men with dogs and guns. And it wasn't. it wasn't funny. It wasn't. It was it was so serious, mm. but at the same time, I've never known so much peace. Mm. It was just I am in the center of God's will right now, and this is the best place to be. Mm. And then there was an alarm that went off, and I looked around. Oh no! Did they catch one of my friends? What's going to happen? And shaking, shaking from cold, and also just yeah. the Nerves. moment. <laughs> yeah, yes, all of it. And it was a changing of the guards. So here came Mr. Skinny Guard with the big ears. Oh, oh my Liebchen, my Liebchen, where are your friends? <laughs> and I just started crying, and he put his arms around me and hugged me. Oh, my me. gosh. <laughs> They're being questioned. We can't find the visa, and I'm just blah. And so he started looking. We had looked everywhere. But he went through the cab of the truck, the, the camper. He opened the glove compartment. There was a first aid kit just this perfectly rectangle first aid kit, the same size as a visa passport. Oh he took it out. He opened it, and there it was. We had never opened the first aid kit. Oh, my gosh. We we didn't even know it was in there. And he said, I found it. I found it. Oh, and he called for the other girls to come, and he blew kisses, and we were let out of the border. And they never looked to wow. see where we had been, where the money had gone. 
And we, again, waited two kilometers past. We probably got to Vienna before we started talking. Oh, yeah. Again. You want to say anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Unbelievable. amazing. And it was like, I trust you, God, with my whole life. I- anything you want to do, I'm yours. Yeah. Seriously. And that's a that's a great way to end part one. Wow. And I mean that went quick. I know. My goodness. And we're not <laughs> even into story. you know the full story of of Robin and who she is. And I want oh, to talk about Ross at some point and how you met Ross and then how you started uh doing what you're what you're doing, what you've been doing for the last <laughs> yeah. 40 years <laughs> or whatever. So we're going to talk about that in part two. So we hope mm. you enjoyed um, part one as much as we did. Yeah. I mean, I was just. That's awesome. It is. Yeah. It's riveting. Um, modern day. Yeah. Yes. And I just think too, you know, her Robin is this young girl hurt mm-hmm. in college and she's like, Lord, I'm just giving you my life. Yeah. Look what God does. Amazing. And just yeah. giving her the peace, the fortitude, everything. To yeah, do it gosh, to go do start really quickly. I just it reminded me so much of like some of the stories we read about the missionaries from back in the day. I think of Mary Slessor and some of the ones that were like, "Well, I'm a girl. I'll go where the guys won't go because it's probably safer." And it actually was wise to send women in. And you would think, "No way!" But I mean, look how the Lord like guarded. It's just amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. So we want to thank you for listening to this edition of Women Worth Knowing. And again. Mm-hmm. Um, We know that some of you know women that are worth knowing, and we'd like to hear their stories. So if you would write us at, you can write us at Gracious Words, and then you can find the uh, graciouswords.com. You can find the link to Women Worth Knowing, or you can reach us at Mm women.cccm.com. I think there should be a link there, Women at cccm.com, and you'll find a link to us. So again, (laughs) thank you, and remember, come back next week because Robin's got a lot of great stories. More to go. That's right. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at wwk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnett.